What did, okay, hello, do I hear a joke? It, it's a good yes. joke. Yes. Um What did the Oh god eccentric <laughs> British uh aristocracy person, the aristocrat if you will, say to the person other person around him when the guy he was next to said uh what is all this uh, green stuff around me? What? He said, you man, nature. Hello. And, um, <laughs> we, uh, welcome to Potter Cast, where we talk about all these cursed shows. Um, I am David of mine. And with me today is, uh, with me, uh, I am. I, I don't know what this is. I'm just a normal person. I'm, of course, John Doe. Just a normal, regular uh, person. I am not a podcaster in any way. <laughs> We're just innocent men. Oh. We're just. <laughs> I'm complete. I really wish. <sighs> what a wasted opportunity. Because at the right before the credits, the doctor says completely human. I wish the credits would have, like, instead of doctor, we just said completely human. <laughs> Completely uh, human. Woo! <laughs> um, this is, of course, family, uh, human nature, and family of blood. Uh, broadcast twenty sixth of May and second of June, two thousand and seven. So we're, in, we're into the summer now. Um, very kind of autumn-y kind of episode to be broadcast. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, directed by Charles Palmer, who we spoke about in Smith and Jones and whatnot, and. Um, Written by Paul Cornell. Hello, Paul. Um, this is the first time we've talked about, because last time we talked about Paul Cornell um, was with Peter. So this is the first time you and I have talked about Paul Cornell in a way that isn't <laughs> fairly derogatory uh, or unfair. Wait, wait, them. wait. When did we complain about Paul Cornell? We've always. How did you before this? We used to always make fun of him for being on the list of uh, well, unproduced. Yeah. 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 Um, although the eternally you, yeah. cucked writer. <laughs> if you ask. Do you, think, do you think when RTD got <laughs> the job back, he sent an email to Paul Cornell and be like, get those get those scripts ready. Get those scripts ready. This time we're going to do it. And then, and, he Paul's like, the, and then he sent the picture of of him with the glasses down, being like, hey. Um, but what I was going to say is that if you ask Russell T. Davies, he'll tell you that he wrote this episode. and Well, both these episodes. Um, but Paul Cornell has the credit on them. Um, the based, of course, on his book, which is another thing we talk about, which is that this is based on a book. Um, and it's an idea that Russell had, apparently, from day one to adapt this into an episode. Um, I didn't get a chance to read the book, uh, unfortunately. I mean, it is a fantastic idea, right? I mean, but I guess my yeah. question is, you haven't read the book, but I guess my question watching this would be, how much of the book is this analysis? This like oh, well the, oh, let's see like reflection of human nature. The you know how much mm-hmm. of the book is like the up the incoming war and all that. You know mm-hmm. having this. I'm I'm honestly surprised this episode didn't come out in 2013 because it would have been like 2014 because it would have been a perfect you know you know like a uh, way of uh, you know doing an episode about the First World War and the centenary, but mm-hmm. I get why they didn't do that. Well, I'm glad they didn't. But, they they did that now instead of mm-hmm. later. 
so that way we do have the episode we did get. <laughs> but yeah, my question would be: Do do you know how much the book is about the same themes that the episode is about? I don't, but I know some specific changes um, that they made between this and that, which we'll get into after the gist. Which is that the doctor is a human now because there's a, a family of, I guess they're like bloodhounds, kind of. They're like. Big the family of blood is the least defined part of this episode, yeah. and I have, I have, I'll, I'll bring that up later. But go on. Yeah. So there's like a, there's like an intergalactic like hunting squad chasing the doctor. So he turns into a human and hides in the school, but the, they track him down and they possess a lot of like they possess a, a young Tory. A school made a farmer and a little girl, and they have like an army of scarecrows. And uh, eventually, the doctor he falls in love, but he chooses to turn back into the doctor with the help of Ferb from Phineas and Ferb, who is a telepathic uh, school. Oh my god, that's who he is! (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the doctor blows up their spaceship and punishes them by banishing them to different places, and then asks the woman he fell in love with to come with him. She's like, uh, no. And then they see Ferb as an old man and then they, they go off in adventures again. Um, good episode. Good episode. She goes, think, read yeah. the room, buddy. Yeah. She's like, she's like, uh, fuck you. Uh, first of all, um, L plus ratio plus you're not the person that I know. <laughs> L plus ratio plus you're from the future. Plus you're a time traveler. Plus, <laughs> you're a time lord. Um, Plus, you're a coward. Yeah, that. I mean, that is a good scene. A lot of good scenes in this. I think. Wait, human can nature. we have? Sorry, I'm not <laughs> done with that. Can we have a meme of Tenon looking at the screen like, no nurses? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um. So, you were asking about the changes to the novel. Um. Mm-hmm. Apparently. Cornell was kind of drifting away from it a lot or by a, a, a notable amount in earlier drafts because Russell asked him to go back to the novel um, one of the things, one of the big changes and I, I think this is a really good change on Russell's part was that in the novel and in the original drafts um, the Time Lord thing goes into a cricket ball instead of a fob watch and Russell's oh. like no it has to be a fob watch, it has to be a fob watch because he has to have the option of opening that thing up and becoming the doctor again or just ignoring it for the rest of his life it's a much better kind of vehicle than it's a cricket ball that he can I don't know Russell, I read the Russell wins again <laughs> um, yeah I one thing I really like is um, and it, it's one thing that like we really talk about and it's kind of like a minor thing but the score is just oh yeah, yeah. Mary Gold is like y'all mind if I drop some masterpieces <laughs> Just y- y- y'all mind if I if I just go hog wild? And Russell's like, oh, go, go ahead, Murray. <laughs> go ahead. He puts the glasses down. Go ahead. Um, the one thing that <laughs> <laughs> I just love. I mean, we already said how much we love that image of him with the glasses down. You know, <laughs> I just love that image. Go, <laughs> go ahead. Um, there's like one scene in particular. I think the score really stands out, and and the scene I think is also is it, really is it the good. one where the girl attacks. It's right before that when bit when it's like that it's like that whole thing like where Baines is like, do you think they're gonna thank you in like a year's time when they're all dying because you told them that war was like a good thing to fight for? Um, the score in there he brings in like kind of like kind of a melodian kind of like accordion 
very briefly, and it's just that and like another kind of like small kind of hum, which I think is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry Lloyd, we can talk about Harry Lloyd. Okay, um, Harry Lloyd, yeah. uh, far away MVP from this episode. He um, is very good. I think the most unsaid thing about this episode is that this little psychopathic child boy gets possessed by a psychopathic alien and nobody notices the difference because <laughs> they're like, yeah, he's just an absolute <laughs> dickweed. I mean, Harry Lloyd has this thing he does with his face. You know the thing I'm talking about. Yeah. His face is like stuck on a sneer and it's so f- good because it feels everyone else is playing it very straightforward, you know, like none of the other characters, not even the the woman who plays Jenny is doing this. He's the only one who does it. It's like he's face got stuck and he doesn't know how to emote and so he just does that face you know it's oh yeah it's just it's good um there's one problem i have though with this entire episode i i I i'm like chopping and changing i don't know why but there's one thing that kind of ties into the bane thing as well um and that's the whole the whole subplot with the family of blood kind of just does feel at times a little out of sorts, especially the the telepathic verb. Yeah. Of it all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here's the thing we should. Yeah. Um. So here's the thing. I've actually never seen this episode before. I thought I did, but as the episode was starting, I was realizing that I've actually never seen it before. I think I. I think I thought I saw it because I knew the plot, and because I once saw this YouTube poop where. One of the big jokes was that they took the shut up, stop talking, shut up, season assist, and they kept repeating that. And also, the which one of them do you want us to kill? Your friend or your lover? That I, I mean, fantastic line, by the way. Harry Lloyd, get the get that guy a fucking British Emmy, a Bammy, or whatever it's called. But your friend or your lover, your choice. But I thought I saw this episode, and the thing I noticed is that the family's threat is never really um, well-defined, okay? Because we start the episode off with the Doctor and Martha running away from them, and they're like, these guys won't stop hunting us, and they're so dangerous, we literally have to pretend to be... I have to pretend to be human to hide from them. You know, that's what I need to do. And then at the end of the episode, he's like, eh, I'm just gonna... Like, how does he capture them? How does he put them in their, like... in their ironic torture departments? It's just like, it's never really explained why are they so dangerous that he needs to... Like, that line at the end where he says, the reason why he was running away from us is not because he was scared, it's because he wanted to give us mercy. Well, then why... It's like, then why hide, you know? It's never really well-defined why the threat of... What the threat of the family of blood is. So, and because... And I know why. It's because the episode is not about that. The episode is about John Smith. But... At the same time, when we get to that final scene where he delivers their punishment, the whole time I was thinking, if he could do this all along, why didn't he do this from the beginning? It's because he didn't want to? Then why hide? You know, it just kind of doesn't make sense. It, it, it maybe feels like there's, there was like a line explaining, to, explaining things where the doctor was like, ah, we, can't, we can't destroy them because they don't have corporeal form. And now that they do, he can actually give them a punishment or something. I don't know. It's just, I was just missing that, which yeah. is very nitpicky, you know? Like, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it, it does kind of feel like a character for the Doctor to do that, especially afterwards as well. Um, I don't know how you feel about that whole that whole segment. Um, 
I know Paul Cornell has a take on it, which is um, something he actually addressed later on. Um, yeah, there's a 13 Doctor story where she goes yeah, back. Or she goes back. Daughter of mine. Yeah, he said that the fa- this is a quote from Cornell um, saying, the family have, in a way, destroyed his chance for happiness. I'm pleased with the harshness of the Doctor's judgments, but cannot help but think they are not final. They are all trapped until he, until he decides to release them, which I... I, I Kind of do agree with, but I do think it kind of feels a bit out of place for it, him. It yeah, it does feel justified that he's angry that they took away because he says at the end that John Smith is still here, and I think a part of him doesn't want to admit that he actually would want to live his life out as John Smith because what John said, Jones says, right? The time traveler can have so many adventures, but he can't have this adventure. And again, if you think about it from the perspective of this is a doctor who just lost Rose. He's very like I find I, this is my second chance that I never fucking get at having a happy life, and these dickweeds just stole it from me. All right, let's here we go. Ironic punishments all around, you know. Like th- that's that makes sense. It's just that it it casts a light and makes me ask some questions about what led them into the situation for the first place. Mm-hmm. I like as well. Um, going back to the Joan, there's like a good kind of mirror where like the Doctor turning human puts all this stuff onto Martha that he never really like fully apologizes for. And then as soon as he's a doctor, he puts it all back onto Joan to be like, you know, look, I know, I know I'm not the guy, you know, but like, do you still want to come with me? Like there's a, a real, she's like, no, <laughs> yeah, there's a real sense of like both, like he's like, he's treating both Martha and Joan in like a way where it's like, you know, the doctor's like this, like be, being very disposable towards, then. There's a lot of dispos- disposability in this one. There's like, you know, the the literal like scarecrows, and then there's the kids that are being like thrown into, like crying as they had to like fire on, like scarecrows and people and stuff. Um, yeah, which is a, a very very unexpected move for this show. It is. It is very like in retrospect, you look at all the things this episode wants to talk about. It's astonishing that it all comes together at the end. You know. Because, and and I think you said on the Discord before we recorded this, you said the second episode is a step down, and I think it is, and I know exactly why it's a step down, and we could talk about that later, but this episode has like five, four or five different ideas that it wants to talk about, some of, some of which are very, very big, like World War One, and some of which are very, very small, but one of the ones I did was, very, uh, that I did like is this idea of like, the doctor is a representation of the establishment because it's very damning that at the end of the episode, that the, like the big difference between the doctor and John Smith is that John Smith is kind of racist, <laughs> but but other than that, they're very much similar people. Which I hate that I that that scene was actually really funny. They're like, "Good, this is 1913." Like, I hate that I laughed at that. And it just hurts to see the doctor be like, oh, she doesn't understand what stories are because she's from a less developed country. And it's like, oh, come on. Like, it just, it kind of hurt. I mean, not come on and like, you know, like, why'd you write that, Paul? In a, that actually hurts so much to see that happen. Mm-hmm. But it kind of makes you think that like the doctor is this representation of this establishment, even if he puts on a happy face and preaches love and acceptance of all people. What I really love is that like, I mean, like, even at the time, like, you know, like, he's going to come back to being a doctor. But for a while, you genuinely do think, oh, he may not actually 
like this may be how he stays. Like there's a like you, you can you kind of buy into the fact that like maybe he won't, you know, become human again or become time yeah. again. Um, what you call it? Uh, did you know about the weird kind of casting rumors that came out around the time this episode came out? I do not. Tell me about it. So there's a couple of kind of weird stuff that goes that ha- started happening in the tabloids around this time. One, and this one I feel is kind of, I mean, it's not kind of, it's pretty bad. Is that like everyone starts saying, oh yeah, Freema's been fired. They fired Freema. Did you, can you believe that? They, they actually fired her, um, which feels very targeted. And she did say later on that like, that really upset me when that happened because, you know, it wasn't, obviously it wasn't true one, but also it felt very kind of like, you know, very kind of targeted towards her in a way that, did feel very pointed. Um, the other thing is that they started saying that Tenet would quit uh, next year um, and that three names were mentioned for his replacement. One was Robert Carlyle. Chris Marshall. Oh, okay, sorry. Well, yeah. well Chris Marshall has always, Chris Marshall has been the doctor since day one. Come on. Um, I mean, when Hardner <laughs> retired, Chris Marshall was yeah. the <laughs> what we have here, Patrick Troughton, you know, but Chris Marshall, you know, it could be his gig anytime. Um, no for the moral, Chris Marshall. Um, Robert Carlyle, David Morrissey, which feels like someone was like, oh, by the way, David Morrissey's the next doctor. Uh, and the weirdest one, um, I'll read out what the, the newspaper who said this would happen said. They said, um, this actor will make it Doctor Who meets Gangland. He will do a lot more no. thinking with his fists and will be a sheriff winner with the ladies. That's right. Jason Statham was going to be 11th Doctor. Oh. <laughs> oh. 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 You know what's funny? If it was Jason Statham in Spy, I would actually want to see that. <laughs> his role in Spy is actually really good. You know? yeah, it is. Um, also, when this was... Uh, I think this when it came out, the episode came out. Doctor Who magazine did a poll of uh, the nation's favorite doctors, and Tennant came first, which is the first indication of, of, of like. I mean, you know, uh, yeah. recency bias. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come on. <laughs> He's think, literally the doctor right now. I mean, talking about recency bias, I think it's really funny when he shows the the journal. It's like I've only dreamt about the past two years of my <laughs> life. Like, there's no fucking plastic paper. Uh, there's no oh. shitty, shoddy 60s effects in that journal. I, I think- just imagine Joan opening it and being like, hey, uh, what's this about? Zah <laughs> making fire? What's this about legend- Zah makes fire? What's about Legend of the Sea Devils? What's this? And the doctor's like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I wish they could have made that joke, right? Like, I've had 26 years of dreams, and it gets really bad in the middle, but some of them are really good. I and think, then I have no dreams for 19 <laughs> years. And then they come back. <laughs> I think this is the first time McGann was uh, like referenced in the show since the movie. God bless him. So uh, I've yeah. become a McGann McStan. Uh, people are talking about how, oh, man, uh, the, 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 sorry. People are talking about how, oh, the, the, the tenant might come back. I want McGann to come back. I'm, I'm a McGann or bust guy. Yeah, that's why I am right now. Um, yeah, there's not, I, there's not really much you can say beyond this is really good. Um, I do like that they, that they really do like show just how completely fucked Martha is 
without the doctor. Mm-hmm. How like mm-hmm. how he's just put her into this awful, awful situation. And like mm-hmm. that like there's no way of like really coming back from it. Um I mean Martha has more if I was in Martha's position, when Joan goes like, ah, you're a doctor? I don't think women can be doctor. Let's alone a black woman. And she's like, I, if if I was her, I would have been like, here, let me name all of the bones in my middle finger, you little... <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't even have penicillin. Shut the fuck up. L plus your for the past plus your ratio. <laughs> plus you're going to die in World War One. Plus, yeah, the... All that. Ugh. I mean, this this is like one of the first episodes. The wiki says this is the first episode in which a racial slur was directed at a companion. Mm-hmm. But you know, congrats, Doctor Who. It took you fifty years, but you talked about racism, I guess. Yeah. Um, and they'll, they'll talk about it again in the future. Um, and we'll talk about it then. Rosa. <laughs> can't wait to rewatch that. Okay. Can, we re- can we rewatch? Can we time that to be released on the anniversary of Rosa Parks' protest? I mean, um, what a I, way to celebrate her legacy, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know if we can. We can try. We might to re- release like five minute episodes for like two years or whatever. <laughs> um, might but, so okay. Can we? Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Here's where. Here's my thing. Rewatching this episode, I'm watching this episode actually. I think he's really good. I don't think it's a masterpiece, and the reason why is Game of Thrones kid, whatever his name is, Thomas Sangster. Um, Thomas Brody Sangster, yeah. Yes. Um, it's not his fault. I just fucking hate Kit Tim, <laughs> and I told you about this in Discord, but I think RTD. He really gets it that like kids are watching this, so we should try to have kid characters, and a lot of times that works. Uh, I know U- Utopia coming up. There's like a kid character, just like you know, yeah, there's a kid. That's cool. But a lot of times, whenever he ha- there's kids in Doctor Who, especially during this time, it's always that fucking kid where the plot happens because the kid is being that fucking kid. And doing things because they're that fucking kid, you know? Like, like the whole reason why, why this episode happens is because Tim saw the watch and decided to be that fucking kid and just kept opening the watch at the worst possible moments because he's that fucking kid. And and then at the end, it all re- it's literally like the last episode, the second episode, they're just waiting for Tim to give the watch back. And then he shows up and he's like, the plot told me to give the watch back to you, so here it is. Like, that's... That's the whole thing. Like, I don't like Tim. Uh, he's all like L plus ratio plus I have your watch plus <laughs> I can see the future plus. Uh, plus I do a Stephen Moffat speech <laughs> about how amazing the doctor is. Do you think Stephen Moffat watched that speech, speech when I was like, hmm, what if I put one of these every single episode? <laughs> he's like fire and destruction and he's cool. And, and, and ice and storm. I mean, I get this is another. It's just like the family of blood. I wish they gave him a reason as to why he kept opening the fucking watch and not telling everyone about it. Mm -hmm. Other than I have visions, which is the most Stephen King shit Doctor Who has ever done. Just like, oh, yeah, here's a kid with psychic visions. Why? Yeah, because he's a kid with psychic visions. Who cares? um, Speaking of psychic visions, I've foreseen. I don't know what I've first I'm first seen anything. Um, 
I don't really have anything else to talk about beyond the fact that Pip Torrens is in this and he's fun and uh, Jared Horan plays Mr. Clark and he's in Belfast. Um, L plus ratio plus licorice pizza is been by Belfast plus uh, <laughs> Kenneth Branagh wants to be in the Pedro Moldovar film plus Death on the Nile plus uh, I don't know. Do you want to hear, do you want to hear uh, an interesting bit of, bit of trivia? Mm-hmm. Jenny um, <laughs> so Jenny. Like, I said like four <laughs> Jenny <laughs> um, Rebecca Staten plays Jenny is married to Anthony Flanagan who is in 42 so it's a nice little kind of kind of uh, passing on the baton from partner to partner from last week to this week um, mm-hmm. yeah uh, <laughs> I have nothing else to say <laughs> hey hey I mean, listen. The, ah, the, yeah, this episode is just—it's just—it's a good episode. It's just that, like, there's a lot of like little things. That's it. It's the little things. That's just the—that's just it. There's just little things that make you go like, huh? Why? Huh? But but wait, huh? That's it. That's all. That that's the only thing I can say about this episode that I didn't particularly like. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting as well, actually, that next yes? week, next week is also based off. Uh, a story in expanded media as well, which is kind of fun. Yeah, I, it's it's really funny because the the next time pl- trailer played for Blink, and I was watching this at like one a.m. and I generally got kind of creeped out by that <laughs> next time trailer because <laughs> it is kind of fucking creepy. The whole like it, they don't sh- say it; they just play the "Don't Blink" speech, and that's it. And you just go like, what the fuck? I miss next time. Tra- I mean, listen, can we have a season of Doctor Who that's just <laughs> last time trailer, <laughs> next time trailers? Can we just have, there's no episodes. They just like t- credits play. The doctor comes in and says, Baba Booey. And then it just goes next time. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah. he, he has to say, they have to say Baba Booey though. There's, there's, that's the. Uh, fam, Baba Booey. Fam, Baba Booey. Fam. When, when the sea devils comes out of the, out of the water in the special, he's like, "Bababooey, what?" <laughs> <laughs> he does like the kind of like, he does the kind of like double take. He's like, "What?" And then he uh, he runs back into the water. And there's like a Rodney Dangerfield style uh, sea devil as well. And he's like, "I don't get no respect." Um, <laughs> what is the uh, <laughs> what is the Rodney Dangerfield episode happening? <laughs> The Ron, the you Ron, know what it's going to be called, right? Well, no respect. Yeah, <laughs> we get the Rodney Dangerfield box after they finish, where he teams up with like River Song and um, Richard Nixon and no K nine, and he's, he goes, <laughs> goes on time traveling event. Um, it would be very funny if the Doctor was like, "We were facing off." The Doctor was like, oh, "They go, they go to the companion, and they, they say like we 'We're facing off against an enemy that feeds off respect.'" And I've got the perfect person to fight off against them. And then Tardis doors open. He goes, oh, last time I was Tardis, <laughs> the Tardis kicked me out. Oh, I tell you, I got no respect. <laughs> Can we actually make that happen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's Ronnie should be the minute in our uh, American Doctor Who. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Um, I don't have any game thing prepared this week because uh, I didn't know if I should. Um, 
we can play that that's okay yeah that's, no, no 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 that's okay let's just in in the yeah. honor let's be normal let's <laughs> let's let's hold hands and imagine our future together where we grow up and then we get makeup on our faces pretend we're old <laughs> we, we look like fucking uh i don't even know what he looks like he looks like <laughs> it just looks very strange especially when like we get like older tenant in like a couple of weeks time it, 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 like the look, the look that changed. Like oh the, no! The but that older tannin. No, 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 no. That's not older tannin. That's fucking. I mean, I know what you're talking about, but fucking goblin. I, ah, <laughs> uh, I just had a physical reaction to the idea that in a few weeks we're gonna watch goblin tannin come back. Oh. Well, anyway, I have a question to ask you. Yes. Before I burp, <laughs> that's Dr. Pepper talking. Um, Pepper, who goes? Is Dr. Pepper <laughs> the, the, the secret <laughs> time lord? <laughs> have they been, wait, have they made that joke, actually? <laughs> Siri, Dr. Pepper. Um, is there anywhere I can find anything about humans and nature um, and what humans do anywhere else? Well, David... L plus you suck plus you didn't go to friendlymush.com. Well, well, I won't tell you the trivia about Dr. Pepper now. I'm sorry. Um, there's a there is a page for Dr. Pepper on the, on the TARDIS wiki. Um, oh, my God. Uh, listeners, we are going to read that page <laughs> in the wrap up. So stick with us. Um, we, we, we probably shouldn't. It's got one line on us. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're going to read that one line on the wrap up. With our you special can, guest, um, our special, with our special guest, guest. He, he'll love that. Um, oh, I, oh, oh, I should have said that. <laughs> that had a little, little teaser out there. Um, almost, almost time. But yeah, um, next time. I'm a time traveler, or I was. I'm stuck in 1969. We're stuck. All of space and time he promised me. Now I've got a job in a shop. I've got to support him. Martha, sorry. I've seen this bit before. Quite possibly. 1969, that's where you're talking from. Afraid so. But you're replying to me. You can't know exactly what I'm going to say 40 years before I say it. 38? I'm getting this down. Be kink. Um. <laughs> Are we finally going <laughs> to... Hold on. I'm chewing. Next week, you'll find out what be kink means. Be kink. Um, be kink. But yeah... That's about it. Um, lock the gates. Another banger. Another, Another banger. banger. <laughs> <laughs> Another. Every episode so far has had the. <laughs> <A joke. laughs>